And in this corner, weighing in at a set of blueberries, the standard low-fat Republican, grand old Republican, who refuses to fight the Democrats the way they fight us, Governor Goofball. And in this corner, weighing in at a set of Vidalia onions, the teller of truth, the slayer of Democrats. Folks, people want a champion. A man and his microphone. The really real deal with Brother Craig, the hatchet man. Listen as your day unfolds. Challenge what the future holds. Try and keep your head up to the sky. Lovers, they may cause you tears. Go ahead, release your fears. Stand up and be counted. Don't be ashamed to cry. You gotta be, you gotta be bad. You gotta be Well, well, well. Hello there, America. Hey, no, don't turn it down. Let it play. Let it play. I love that song. Welcome to the program, America. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, coming at you live here on America's big dog radio program, The Really Real Deal. And that, that little song, what? We only had a little clip of that song. I mean, we got to get the whole song because what's Desiree talking about? You got to be bad. You got to be bold. You got to be wise. And and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think somewhere in that song, she says you got to be cool, okay? (laughs) And so, of course, the hatchet man is is cool. And, um, hey, we have a fantastic program lined up for you folks. And uh, I'm even going to be a cool papa today, okay? And uh, we're going to have... Uh, and I'm going to tease you again, just like we did yesterday. We had a fantastic time yesterday. I got the honor and privilege of sitting in for the Lee brothers. And uh, we had, oh, we had a fantastic guest lineup. And uh, we have another fantastic guest lineup today. And uh, several of them are the same guests that I interviewed yesterday. Uh, we kind of going to do a, a reprise here. But um You know, we had my daughter. She has written her first book, and uh, it's titled One Nation. But, uh, you know, just like yesterday, you had to kind of wait to the end of the program where we're going to do the same thing uh, today. And uh, and I think in the the industry, they call that a tease. So don't be mad at me, folks. Just hang on. It's a fantastic book, One Nation. And and I found out some things. You know how it's, it's strange how you find out things about your children. I thought I knew my daughter and all. I mean, I find things out about my daughter. And I, one thing I find out, this is the first in a trilogy. Okay. And so we're going to talk a little bit more, but we're having her on. She'll be the last guest today at 1130. So I hope you hang in there and, and stick around for that. If you happen to have to go and miss it, you can catch it. We're going to post her interview uh, on our website like we do uh, all or most of our interviews. We post them on our website, thereallyrealdeal.com, and, and I hope you go there. But a lot to talk about, uh, and including we'll, we'll be happy to take your phone calls, folks. And uh, But uh, we're going to have Ron Hosko is going to join us again, and uh, he'll be coming on after our first break. And uh, he's the uh, president of the Law Enforcement Legal Defense Fund. And, uh, and of course, uh, a couple of my favorite politicians 
Uh, we're going to have Corey Stewart and Dave Brad, And uh, so to give you guys an update of, of what's going on and what the potentialities and possibilities are uh, for the state of Virginia, uh, very, very important to, to uh, flip the uh, Senate seat uh, from Democrat to Republican and very, very important to hold on to the uh, in the 7th District of Virginia, uh, the seat that Dave Brad holds. Dave is the only economist in the United States Congress. That's amazing, folks. I mean, the Congress, people think that uh, President Trump, you know, manages the economy. Well, really, no one really, in a free system, no one really manages the economy. The economy is based on millions of independent decisions that you and I make, okay? And so that's really uh, how it happens. But government is a big part of it, okay? The uh, the GDP of this country is, uh, uh, you know, 20-some-odd percent of it is eaten up by government. And not all of that uh, government uh, spending is necessary. A lot of it is waste. A lot of it is fraud. A lot of it is just outright theft, okay? And uh, But a lot of it is necessary, okay? And that, that, that which is necessary needs to be, uh, those are resources that need to be deployed wisely. And so we, we have this one economist in Congress. And, uh, you know, that's just amazing. One and only one. And the guy is a seminary graduate to boot. So I'm a, needless to say, a very, very big fan of, of Dave Brad, And, uh, and, you know, and I've never been challenged on this statement, but I'm the very first news analyst in the nation to predict way back when Dave Brad was running against Eric Cantor, uh, for that seat. And at the time, Eric Cantor was the second most powerful Republican in the United States. Okay. I mean, the guy just, the folks thought he was untouchable. Certainly, Eric thought he was untouchable. Now, what was that nickname I had for Eric? Okay, Eric the Great. <laughs> that's, a, that's a nickname. I, I give everyone a nickname, folks. Eric the Great. Okay. <laughs> and, um, but, um, you know, I, I was the first to predict. Uh, had Dave on uh, back then. Uh, I had a uh, a daily uh, Monday through Friday radio program. We had we had Dave on very very often. Had him on television. Had him on radio. Pushed him really really hard. And uh, and you know the, I'm not taking credit. A lot of folks helped, but I'm just saying we in the seventh district. Uh, and th- it's my home district, by the way. And uh, so Dave is actually my congressman. Okay, uh, I I live in the seventh district, and uh, but if if I lived in California, I don't care where I I lived. If I was still living out in Albuquerque, New Mexico, I would still be a big fan of uh, Congressman Dave Brad. He's a member of the Freedom Caucus, and uh, and to the eternal shame of Congress, there's only there's 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 only fifty some odd members of the Freedom Caucus. I mean, and even for the call to impeach Rosenstein. We couldn't get all of them to, uh, you know, push for the impeachment. Only about, a, you know, 10 or 12 of them even pushed for the impeachment. Okay. And, of course, um, you know, Congressman Ryan, the Speaker of the House, uh, of course, you know, one would expect him to poo-poo it and say, oh, no, that's that's a little bit, that's a bridge too far. And, you know, we, it has to be much more serious than that. I mean, come on. How how serious? What do you want the guy to do? Does he have to shoot someone? Okay. The man is a liar. Okay. The man helped manipulate uh, weakling Jeff Sessions 
to recuse himself, thereby putting the number two guy in charge of the, uh, the, the, this phony, fake Russia investigation who was appointed by Barack Obama. I mean, these guys, they don't, sometimes they just don't get it, okay? They, that the fact that this nation is at war with itself the same way it happens. How many times, do I, do, I mean, do I have to write everything in crayon for some of these low-fat Republicans, okay? I mean, I love my steak and onion Republicans, I'm telling you. But these tofu and celery Republicans, come on, folks. <laughs> you know, this is why we need to get very, very involved in voting at the primary level. You know, now Virginia's primary is over and done with. Okay, but there are many, many states out here, and and we have many folks that are listening and watching uh, on Facebook Live that live in states that have not yet had their primaries. But, you know, the primary season is just it's, it's quickly coming to a close. And if you happen to be in an area where your primary has not yet occurred, you really, really need that's where the action is, folks, because once the primary is done, if you don't have a good, solid uh, member of the Christian conservative constitutional capitalistic coalition to represent the Republican Party, and you've got a guy that's a, what, what, whatever you want to call him or her, a rhino Republican or a, um, a tofu and celery Republican, a low-fat Republican, what, whatever you want to call him, okay? Uh, you, you're kind of stuck with that person because you can't go vote Democrat just because your, your Republican is not perfect. Now, many people do that or they stay home, okay? And w- this is what happens when you do that, okay? A, the Democrat may win that race, okay? B, there are other people o- on the ticket with that low-fat Republican that need your support and deserve your support, okay? So, you know, I would just, I would encourage, and particularly for the Christians, you know, my Christian sisters and brothers in the audience, as as a Christian, your, your voting choice is going to be informed by a higher type of wisdom. And so you, you really have a responsibility and, to, to, to exercise your right to vote. Because if it's okay to, and, and pref, not just okay, but, but preferable, okay? If it's preferable for me to take my Christian faith into my marriage and my child rearing, if it's preferable for me to take my Christian faith into my business dealings, if it's preferable for me to take my Christian faith into all of my interpersonal relationships and dealings and whatever whatever relationship I have with anyone, okay? And, and certainly we who are Christians would agree with what I just said. Certainly we would. So why is it that there's so many of us that don't extend that to participation in electoral politics, okay? Particularly at the primary level. All right. And that's that's where the action is. That's where the action is. OK. And we like to complain. Oh, they're all crooks. They're all, you know, this this Republican is just a, 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 a kind of a semi-Democrat. I'm just tired of it all. All right. Well, if you're not being involved, you have no right to complain. Okay, and so if you take your Christian faith into all these other relationships and endeavors, 
take your Christian faith into the voting booth with you. you take it everywhere you go, okay? That's the armor of God. You don't, you don't leave home without it, okay? What's that credit card? Some, some, I don't know. Maybe we need to cut a commercial. <laughs> Christian faith, don't leave home without it, okay? I think what was a Carl Malden used to do a um, American Express commercial. <laughs> yeah, American Express, don't leave home without it. Anyway, I'm being a little long-winded here. We're going to take our very first break because coming up uh, in, a very, in a very few moments, we're going to have our, our first guest will be uh, calling in today. And I'm just, I'm just so excited to be here. I just tell you, I love my job, America. I am your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, and I will be right back. Welcome to the program. Welcome back to the program, Rather America, as we listen to a little bit of Michael Jackson telling you exactly what uh, folks really need to hear. If you want to see the world a better place, take a look at the man in the mirror. And folks, uh, our next guest, our first guest today, uh, returning uh, guest, uh, Ron Hosko, this is a gentleman that has taken uh, that advice to heart, okay? Uh, Ron Hosko is the uh, president of the Law Enforcement Legal Defense Fund. And uh, he's a guy that uh, you talk about an onion toter, okay? Uh, guy has been uh, awarded commendations for bravery in action in the FBI, uh, former assistant director of the FBI, and uh, saw a need uh, to help our uh, law enforcement officers who are just so under attack. And he looked in the mirror and said, you know, send me, Lord, I'll go and I'll get this job done. Did, did I get that right, Ron? Well, <laughs> well, that's uh, in large measure true, Craig. I, uh, uh, I am, uh, after 30 years in law enforcement, I wanted to find something in my retirement that still kept me close with law enforcement and helping them, helping them, uh, spread their message and, and make clear the facts about law enforcement. Mm -hmm. So, uh, that is uh, very much true. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we had a great interview with Ron yesterday, folks, uh, as I sat in for the Lee brothers. And, uh, so, but there's, there's just so much, this is so important. I wanted to have Ron back to share with our Saturday audience and, uh, you know, one of the things we were talking about yesterday, Ron, was the fact that what you all do with the uh, law enforcement uh, legal defense fund, that you, you have a, uh, a component that helps law enforcement officers, but you also have a component that helps educate the citizenry. And so let's, let's talk about that component first, uh, how there's so much negative information and in certain pockets in this nation is so unfortunate, but young people are taught that the police are the enemy. Well, that's uh, very much true. And look, we have to face the reality that there are some tough neighborhoods in America, particularly in our, in our urban centers. We have uh, kids who are, uh, you know, very often from broken homes who are, yes. uh, you know, in a tough educational position, which puts them in a very difficult deal economically to, you know, their, their futures are not bright. Um, 
you have abusive relationships, you have the infestation yeah. of gangs. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, a spiritual a t- deficit. A- absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and, and I say it often, you know, the, these, uh, the folks that are filling up the churches on Sunday mornings are not the folks who were out in the streets late Saturday night looking to shoot somebody, looking mm-hmm. to exact their revenge. And so somehow we have to move that ball. And unfortunately in America, we depend too often on the police to, to be the, the problem solver for anything. We see it in the schools. We see it with mental illness. Mm-hmm. Uh, much of what the police face is really not a policing matter. Yeah. It, it's for some other part of our community, some part of our, some other part of our government, some other institution. You, you know, you look no further than mental illness. Our mm-hmm. jails are filling up with the mentally ill. Why? Because wow. the police respond. Uh-huh. Um, and, and, and we see yeah. often encounters and fatal encounters with the police mm-hmm. that involve the mentally ill. Mm. And, you so, know, that's so, that's very instructive what you said, that because I've often heard it stated that the police, they're like the last line of defense. But the, what you just hit on is the simple fact that if some of these front lines, if the family didn't break down, if the church didn't break down, if social services didn't break down, if mental health didn't break down, if, uh, if there was not pharmacia, okay, which is... You know, a biblical term, and my Christian brothers will know what pharmacia is, but, you know, this is an attempt to control people by, you know, making drugs readily available and, uh, and, and making it socially acceptable, it, which is a way to control people. And so when all these things happen and there are many people that did not answer a call, the police always answer. That's right. That's right. When you call 911... Almost always the police or, or, you know, other first responders are going to come. They're not going to tell you no. They're not going to say that's not for us. They're going to show up. And we see increasingly uh, these difficult encounters, many of which are being recorded on body cameras or on some Mm -hmm. other, uh, other installed camera device where the police respond to something. They, they feel compelled to take some sort of action and suddenly they're in trouble because They've had an encounter with a disruptive student. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we, we've seen it all across the community. And I think we need to go back and, and start to ask some fundamental questions about what is policing supposed to be? Is it supposed to fill the void with every, you know, between every other community service? Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we know we saw it here in Virginia a few years ago where one of our uh, state representatives was attacked by a son with mental illness. Uh, and, and, and that, yes. that state representative was trying to get help for his son. Mm-hmm. There were no beds. There were no mm-hmm. beds. I, rem- so I remember that. Tragedy. Yeah. That's right. Very, so very tragic. tragic circumstance. And, and that's just the tip of the iceberg with mental illness. But uh, as you said, you know, who comes? The police come. Right, right. And then, and, and the sad thing, and you know, we, we talk about, you know, a lot of what I do on this program is, is, is spiritual and political. And, and, and it's a shame that there are politicians that they cynically use uh, this this area where there are these two sides, you know, one side that has a need to maintain order and another side that's just anarchist in nature uh, because they've, they've been brought up almost allowed to grow like a weed, you know, not cared for, not instructed, not taught. And... 
when 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 a situation comes up where there's conflict, there are people in power that see an opportunity to feed anger of a community in order that that community would vote for that person. And let's talk a little bit about that and, and how that dynamic uh, gets innocent police officers caught up into things where they're just really trying to do their job and do their job in a matter of a split second. Well, we, we've seen it repeatedly in just in the last few years. Uh, certainly we saw it with Ferguson where a poisonous narrative uh, was spread by a young man who ended up as uh, the, the, the DOJ uh, witness 101 in the DOJ report of Ferguson. Mm-hmm. His name was Dorian Johnson. He spread a lie about Darren Wilson basically executing his friend Michael Brown. Mm-hmm. And and we see what I, I believe is an all-too-willing mainstream media to get there with their cameras, get there on the ground, uh, magnify the lie, spread the lie without question, and suddenly mm-hmm. we see we see businesses who are completely uninvolved in this being burned to the ground. Mm-hmm. So so other innocents get hurt in this financially, physically. Uh, we saw it in North Carolina, yeah. down in Charlotte, uh, two years later, mm-hmm. where uh, the story was that uh, this man had had nothing in his hands. He had maybe he had a book in his hands. The family was complicit in in sharing that mm-hmm. uh, that lie. Now, can you and, can and you we, can you hold on while we sure. go to news break? Okay, sure and if you're just joining us, we have Ron Hosko, president of the Law Enforcement Legal Defense Fund. We will be right back. program america your friendly neighborhood hatchet man brother craig coming back at you live here on america's big dog radio program the really real deal and uh if you're just joining us folks we have a really real deal guest with us uh ron hosko he's a former assistant director of the fbi and now for the last several years has been president of the uh, law enforcement legal defense fund and uh yeah, Ron. Uh, where were we there um, with the, um, the 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 situations with the uh, police officers uh, coming under attack? And you you brought another great point out that not only do these false attacks and lies that are told on police officers when there is uh, contact uh, with uh, with citizens. But there are a lot of other innocents that get brought into this, uh, like all the businesses that got burned down in uh, Baltimore, in Ferguson, Missouri. Um, you know, and and quite often this happens in minority neighborhoods, and uh, these these uh, politicians quite often. I hate to just make it racial, but you know, I'm black enough to get away with this. <laughs> but, um, and it's just truth. It's, it's, you know, it's, I mean, anyone could say it. It's truth. Um, but the, the simple fact of the matter is that 
if there is a shooting and it's black on black, the media ignore it. The black so-called leadership class, they ignore it. And if it's a white officer and a black victim, then they act like it's done purposely, okay? And so, and everything else is just totally ignored. Uh, for example, out in Utah, there was a, uh, a black state trooper who shot a 19-year-old white kid, and this kid was, uh, I think he had earphones, uh, that, so he was listening to music, and he was doing something that um, the shopkeeper thought was, um, you know, he was doing something that they thought was wrong and they should call the police for. And the guy did not, he did not hear or listen to or follow the police orders and made a move that the police interpreted as he was reaching for a gun and a police officer shot him and killed him. You know, this was a white teenager, a black officer, and it, you know, no one in Utah burned anything down. They didn't protest. The news, the news media didn't show up. And so we have that dynamic, and, you know, we cannot ignore that. It's, it's, it's a fact, and it's a very, very unfortunate fact, but it is a, it's a fact. And uh, so, you know, what has your research shown in, in, in that area? Well, I think you're, you're, uh, we have seen, and we worked with the Media Research Center a few years ago on this issue, uh, particularly focused on Ferguson and the hands up, don't shoot narrative mm-hmm. and, and how many times that was repeated in the mainstream media Thousands. until it was, it, well, absolutely. And it was, it was over and over again ad infinitum, despite the, 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 the truth starting to come out publicly by November mm-hmm. saying that, that, that narrative was simply false. Mm-hmm. It, it was a myth. Yeah. And it took and some of the uh, mainstream media and I look, I've been a, a steady critic of The Washington Post because they, I think, uh, are they love to to uh, stoke the flames of black versus white, particularly when yes. it comes to policing. It, it's and ugly. So I've been, and it, it's it, deadly. It, it's it, it. It actually causes more people to die. I believe that is absolutely true, Craig. And, and that is it is so unfortunate um, but, you know, nicely, the, the Washington Post took it upon themselves to do a tally, to, to start to count how many lives were taken by police every year. And, and frankly, I think, and I've, I've written about this, that, that the Post painted themselves into a corner. Mm-hmm. Um, it's true that the FBI, because they collect statistics voluntarily from police departments, uh, and so, you know, voluntary is good, but it, it's never going to get you to 100%. And so the Post started to do its own research on killed by the police. Mm-hmm. And in 2016, I think they counted 963 people who were killed by police. You can go online to their to their database and look at these numbers. So, so let's say 963. Mm-hmm. Do you know how many unarmed black men were killed by police that year? How many? In, in, a, in, a, in a country where we think this is a daily problem, right? It must be a, a, a daily occurrence because there's so much noise around it. 42, mm-hmm. 42, three quarters of the people killed by police that year, by the way, were armed, mm-hmm. had a knife, had a gun. And I don't think the public has a, a good appreciation for those facts that, that it, you know, if you want to avoid being killed by police, don't run around with a gun. Don't mm-hmm. run away from them. Right. Don't, right. Don't disobey their, their, their commands. Don't run away or turn on them with a gun in your hand because guess what? That, that is almost assuredly going to get a, you know, shots fired at you. 
Yeah, and because see, police are acting defensively. Yeah, and these these poverty pimp politicians, they literally have blood on their hands because if they were to say that, and these these uh, black athletes that make money selling five hundred dollars sneakers to poor people, okay, if 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 these guys were to just say that type of the type of thing that if these young kids had a father. A good father would say, you know, son, if you know, if you have a problem with the police, if whether the police is right or wrong, you need to obey. And if they're wrong, you get to live and deal with it in court. Okay. That's right. But That's instead, exactly right. from Barack Obama on down, Louis Farrakhan, Jesse Jackson, Al Sharpton, you name the poverty pimp Negro politician, and to a person, they will not go before the cameras and say that. Instead, they stoke this this false narrative of, um, you know, uh, white police officers with fangs and blood dripping and put in the mind of the young black male that, you know, he, he somehow, he has an enemy. And it's, a, and it's a sad commentary that a young black man has a higher life expectancy in a war zone in the Middle East than in the south side of Chicago. It, it is a sad commentary. And, and when those uh, tragic events occur, where it is, you know, white police officer and, and young black man as, as, a, uh, as a victim of that white police officer, um, you're exactly right. We're going to hear from Jesse Jackson Jr., Jesse Jackson Sr. We're going to hear from Al Sharpton. We're going to hear from Benjamin Crump and the others yeah. who want to flock to that event. And and before the facts are known, they have their conclusion in hand. Yeah. It's self-serving. It damages trust in the uh, in the police. It damages relationships. They don't care. Yeah. It's self-serving. It is their mission. It's their narrative. And they're going to stick with it. And and the harm is, I think, continuing because all it does is drive a wedge between the police and the community. Yeah, yeah. And Obama even once famously said, uh, this is a direct quote, folks. I don't know all the facts, but I think the police acted stupidly. Okay, so <laughs> he could have just stopped that. I don't know all the facts because stop. Ron, Full that, stop. yeah, that's what I do. I mean, when um, the Trayvon Martin thing occurred and I saw the picture of this, I was like, oh, wow, that cute little boy. They had a picture of him when he was eight or nine years old. Right. And uh, right. but I when uh, and someone called my radio program, asked about us. Well, look, I don't have all the facts yet. And then I find out after I did my research, that that picture was an old picture and he was 17 years old, you know, and, you know, I remember when I was 17, I was a pretty strong guy at 17, football player, you know, year-round athlete. And uh, and so that just, that changed the thing. And, and, and same thing with hands up, don't shoot. I didn't comment until I went, did my research and got my facts. And I found out that, you know, the hands up, don't shoot was, as you, as you accurately point out, Ron, it was a totally made up false narrative, you know? That's, that, that's it. And we've seen it over and over again. I think you're, you're right. Uh, President Obama, for being an incredibly smart man, a lawyer, knows better, yes. uh, whether it's policing or, or some other aspect of our world, knows enough to say, look, let's get the facts first. Let's get yes. the facts right. And he did it over and over again. And it, to me, it was astounding. You know, I, I stay in close contact with a number of police organizations. Mm -hmm. uh, this, this national conversation 
was starting up in in uh, 2015 and 2016. You know, to his credit, uh, President Obama commissioned a uh, 21st century task force on policing, and they came back with a number of, uh, I think, obvious and, and a number of good recommendations for policing. The trouble was, and so I give uh, President Obama that credit. Mm-hmm. The problem was he could not hold his tongue when it came to these these incendiary events. Right. And all, all all that happened was it made the event worse. We yeah. know that the media is going to flock to these things. Mm-hmm. We know that controversy sells. That's what the media is about. But for the president of the United States to stoke those those flames as well mm-hmm. was complete folly. Yeah, complete folly. Well, that's what all communists do. They uh they 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 divide and conquer. Leaders unite, conquerors divide. And so this is just a classic divide and conquer. You find uh, pressure points in a society, and you and you rub them until it's raw. And uh, and you get one side hating the other, and then you can control both sides. And so this it's is as simple as that. Yeah, it's, it's, as it's yeah, as that. it's not complicated, and it's not new. And no. so you know, but listen, let's start. We we got a few more minutes before we have to go to break. Uh, you have an event, and I'm so honored and pleased to be participating in it. Let's talk about that a little bit. So we did buy a uh, police training simulator. We uh, actually upgraded one that we had a few years years ago, and and with the idea of taking it on the road, bringing in people from the community, from the media, uh, people you know who are in a position to influence and and share information with others, and and so we uh, put on one event down in, in Norfolk about two weeks ago. We're coming to Richmond, uh, where we have a great group coming in on Tuesday. Uh, and, and what we do, we're not trying to set, you know, our guests up for failure. So we will discuss some of these, uh, facts about law enforcement, about policing. And then we talk about the, the case law that surrounds the use of force, uh, Supreme court decisions so that our, our guests, you know, have some, um, understanding of the law. And then we talk about, uh, we have a, 30-year veteran from the Fairfax uh, County Police Department and, and a uh, police tactics trainer uh, on our staff, and he will talk about various tactics, answer questions, and then it becomes your turn, uh, the, the guest's turn, to, to stand in front of a, uh, a number of simulated scenarios using a laser-equipped uh, actual handgun and Glock. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, a Glock handgun and a uh, taser and make decisions based on what you see on the screen. Mm-hmm. Um, do, do I pull out a gun? Do I just shout commands? Do I wish for the best? Or do I have to get out a weapon and fire it? And, and so we put that decision-making on you mm-hmm. to, in effect, try to put you in the police officer's shoes, mm-hmm. uh, encountering what's very often the unknown or, or situation that may change. Uh, that that is not as it appears, mm-hmm. and we let you make the decisions, and then we kind of walk through the decision making. Uh, why did you do that? Why did you fail to do something? Why did you do something? Um, you realize you're going to be charged with a crime now because of mm-hmm. how you responded, and and we are trying to do it in a as realistic a setting as possible, without. Um, taking some physical steps to drive up your blood pressure and drive <laughs> drive up your heart rate. <laughs> I'll only have one that. cup of coffee that morning, well, <laughs> rather I, I than my regular it. three. <laughs> I, I would recommend it because it does just um, 
being put in that in that situation will have that effect on our guests that mm-hmm. suddenly boy this feels quite real and yeah. and um am i going to make a good decision or am i going to be embarrassed in front of uh, other other guests here and and we just want to you know give uh the people in the community a, a chance to to understand what it is to feel like the police for a few moments. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm really looking forward to that. And uh, it, it, this will be very, very interesting. It'll be a good experience for me. And uh, and I'll be looking forward to uh, reporting back to the audience uh, how the hatchet man did. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and we'll get to the bottom of that. Uh, that... Hello? Oh, we, 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 we lost him here. <laughs> okay. Are you there, Ron? Okay, let's just let's let's go to break now. Hey, Craig, I'm, oh, I'm back with you. I'm oh, back okay, with you. all right, great, great. All right. Well, look, we we have to go to break anyway. Uh, we got another guest to uh, line up, but listen, this was really really good. I'm so glad that um, you opted to come and share with uh, the audience here at the Really Real Deal, and I'm looking forward. And maybe we can have you back again sometime. I'd love to do it. Oh, love now, before you go, you have to, one thing, you have to let folks know, uh, we didn't get into it, we got into it yesterday, folks, but uh, another big uh, component of what they do is they provide funding for police officers that are falsely accused and they they have a stellar record. And uh, and it's not, it is not an inexpensive proposition. A lot of these police officers are, they're, they're bankrupted, okay? And uh, so... We, I need you out here in the Christian, conservative, constitutional, capitalistic coalition to listen, uh, write down what Ron is going to tell you, and go to their website, pull your checkbook out, and send this man some money. Uh, go, go ahead, Ron. Well, thanks so much for that, Craig. We do great work. We are very successful in the cases that we undertake. Your, your audience can see us by searching policedefense.org. We are the Law Enforcement Legal Defense Fund. Uh, we did provide uh, funding for the Baltimore Six case, the, the six officers who were charged, uh, we think, based on politics rather than the facts by Marilyn Mosby a few years ago in the Freddie Gray matter, uh, and, and a, a number of other police officers around the country. Uh, we take the right cases, and we are succeeding almost 100% of the time in the work that we do. These, these officers need our help. Uh, if you're charged with a, a felony, um, in the line of duty, it is going to be a very expensive proposition to clear your name yes. and get back to work. And we yeah. are succeeding in doing that well, well, with God the community's help. God bless you. You're doing the Lord's work. Tell them one more time that website. We are policedefense.org. Policedefense.org. Okay, policedefense.org. Thank you so much. God bless. I'm looking forward. I'll see you Tuesday. Looking forward to it. Okay, bye now. Okay. All right. We're going to take a break and we'll be right back, folks. That's right, folks. You tell them, James Brown, it's a man's world, but it's shown enough. It would be nothing without our women and our girls. Uh, Welcome back to the program, America. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, coming back at you live here on America's Big Dog radio program, The Really Real Deal. And wasn't that a, a true big dog 
Man's World onion-toting uh, guest, uh, Ron Hosco. And I, I sincerely hope, that, you know, I, now we, we need donations too here at the really <laughs> realdeal.com, okay? And, uh, because freedom is not free, folks. Uh, it really is not. But as you, as you heard in the uh, giving ad, uh, that we just played, uh, and I, I I love that ad, and uh, and believe it or not, I cut that ad in one take. You know, I just I, I wrote out uh, what I wanted to say, and just you know, and it fit perfectly with the little music that we pulled up, and um, but you know, I mention others is just my my thing is be a giver. Okay, our heavenly Father gives us. So much, you know, we have life, we have our sanity, you know, we have our faith. For those of us who are Christians, you know, we have our faith. We, we are truly uh, able to say, my cup runneth over. We, we really, really are, okay? And, uh, and we're so blessed to live in this nation in, despite its many, many problems, okay? Uh, people from around the world have so many more problems than we have that they've, they're flocking here to the point where we need to build a wall uh, on our border. Now, we want to have several doors in the wall, but we want that wall, okay? And so folks can come in through the door. And uh, just like at your home, you, you have a front door, you have a back door, you have a bunch of windows. And now, if you come in through my window, uh, your head might get blown off, okay? But if you come to my front door and ring the doorbell, I'll answer the door, okay, without the gun. Now, I think our nation should be the same way. But the, the fact of the matter is the blessings in this nation, they're so abundant that it causes people to take those type of risks to come here, whether it's legal or illegal. By hook or crook, they want to get to where you already are, okay? So you're blessed. Your cup runneth over. And so in our giving ad, we, we, we obviously, you know, um, we need to be able to fund this program. Um, the board operator, Tracy, the producer, the, um, the, um, the manager here, uh, the electricity, the, the, the ownership group that owns this station and, and several others, okay? Um, and not to mention I've, how, how uh, neglectful of me to mention our, our new affiliate out in Lynchburg, WLVA, uh, the big 580 out there and the 94.1 FM out in Lynchburg, out in Roanoke, out in Bedford. Um, you know, there, there's an expense out there, okay? There's an expense here. And so... So obviously, we need people to go to my website, thereallyrealdeal.com, and click click on Donate. Uh, or, you know, old-fashioned check in the mail, 8659 Staples Mill Road. And, and that's The First Amendment, Inc. Uh, that is the uh, organization that I'm founder and president of, The First Amendment, Inc. And that is, uh, if you're doing a check, that's to whom you make the check out. Okay, uh, but um, I'm going through this for for another reason. If if you were listening to the giving ad, we talk about another group I'm affiliated with, the Virginia Christian Alliance. Okay, the Salt and Light Council. We talk about 
um, the Salvation Army, which, I mean, you talk about a great, great group. Uh, plus, they have a 91% pass-through where, um, uh, you know, I think the Clinton Foundation is the opposite. The Clinton Foundation has a 10% pass-through. It's like 90, all those hundreds of millions of dollars go to feed the Clinton machine and 10% of the money. Ask the folks in Haiti if you think I'm, I'm just uh, being hyperbolic, okay? Ask the folks in Haiti. Um, you know, the Clintons went down there after the hurricane and sucked all the money up, and very, very little of the money ever made its way back to Haiti. The money just stayed with the Clintons, okay? Um, Salvation Army, 91%, okay? 9% overhead, okay? 9%. All right, so, and now for, for, for my organization, the First Amendment, Inc., 100% because, you know, in, in 10 years we've, you know, and I hate to say this, but it's the truth, we've not yet had a month where donations equaled expenses. And so it's always 100% goes into the operation, always. When I've never, you know, and I don't say this to, to pat myself on the back, but never a salary. I, I do this because I love my nation. I love my community. I love, I love you out there, okay? So, uh, and so I'm adding the law enforcement legal defense fund to this plea that, you know, they need money too, okay? And that the thing is to just be a giver, okay? Give somewhere, give often, and give generously, okay? And the Lord will bless you for that. We're going to take our top-of-the-hour news break. We'll be right back. When the man comes around The hairs on your arm will stand up At the terror in each sip and in each sup Welcome back to the program, America. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, coming back at you live here on America's Big Dog radio program, The Really Real Deal. And, uh, hey, welcome to hour number two here. And, uh, listen, I want to share with you guys uh, something. I, I was just, I mean, Google can be so... Um, I mean, I think many in this audience would know by now that social media, uh, like most most things that uh, these modern billionaires do, tilts way, way, way to the left, okay? You can do a Google search, and I'm telling you, folks, you cannot rely on the first two or three things uh, in, the, in, the, in the line that Google pulls up because Google is going to give you uh, really not just, um, and I've been seeing this for years, not just the information you want, but they go, they're trying to guide you into their version of what they think you should uh, feel about these things. Case in point, okay, I do a Google search of um, comparison between Democrat policies and Republican policies. And I'm, I'm looking for policies now, okay? And I, I already know these things, but I'm looking for like a... Con and the way, I, the way I typed it in was Democrat policies 
versus Republican policies? Because I'm looking for a list, uh, a something concise that because I'm I'm live on the air, so I just I need something just short, concise, and to the point. And so, but now what does Google give me? All right, they give me all this junk of of uh, mostly how Democrat policies are better than. Republican policies. And I've, I mean, I've looked through several pages. I've not found the list yet. Okay. And so I click on this one article written in the Washington Post. Okay. Matter of fact, let me, let me just be, be 100% accurate. So I've, I've kind of, during the break, I was reading the article. And so I'm, I'm going to pull right back up to the top of the article so I can give you Oh, come on, computer. Come on, come on. Hold tight, folks. Hold tight. <laughs> this is, um, okay, she's moving a little better here now. I'm going to give you the exact title of the article. Democrats' policies are more popular, but Republicans are more ideologically unified, okay? And you can you can find this, you go to the Washington Post, you can find this article, okay? A total lie. Number one, throughout the article, they did not list a single policy, okay? Not a single policy. Only thing that they talk about uh, are social programs, okay? In other words, it's popular to give other people's money away, okay? That's the, that's basically it, okay? And I, that's all throughout the um, the article. And then this part about how they say Republicans are more ideologically unified now, on this program, if you're a regular listener, you know, you know better, okay? And if there's any party that's more ideologically unified, it's the Democrat Party, okay? Because there is a very healthy fight and debate in the uh, Republican Party. You just look at the two primary campaigns uh, prior to Trump uh, putting the spanking on Hillary, okay? You had 17 Republicans running, okay? You had... Uh, ethnic diversity, generational diversity, uh, income diversity. You had professional diversity, okay? I mean, after all, you had, uh, you had black, you had white, you had male and female, you had billionaire and, and working man, you had, a, uh, you had a physician, okay? You, uh, who else was in there that was a non-lawyer? Ah, Okay, you had uh, uh, Indian American Bobby Jindal. You had two Hispanic uh, males, um, Ted Cruz and Marco Rubio. Okay, so you had uh, a lot of my generation was there. So you had a lot of youth. Okay, uh, Generation X guys that were in their forties. Okay, uh, Ted Cruz, Bobby Jindal um, was the guy up there in Wisconsin. Um, who else? Ah. There, there were there were quite a few. You had some low fat Republicans, you know that idiot from Ohio. Okay, you had um, Little Jeb. Okay, uh, establishment. Okay, and you had uh, flame throwing um, conservatives like Ted Cruz. Okay, you had a tremendous amount of diversity in the. Um, you know, you didn't have ideological. Purity, okay? You didn't have uh, a group of 17 guys that were ideologically unified. You just did not have that, okay? And so they were very, very reflective of uh, the Republican Party as a whole. We are the Big Tent Party, 
Okay, and so this this silliness that the that the Democrat Party is the party of the common man. It's a it's a lie. Okay, it's a lie. And so the party of the common man is the Republican Party. If you were to just do your own research, stop and think for a minute and not listen to outlets like the Washington Post and, and other mainstream media, particularly in television, okay? And, and Republicans are always on defense defending themselves against a lie rather than just when the Democrat says that to them or, or whatever they say, look, you guys, you're ideological, you're racist, you hate women, you hate brown people, you hate hate, 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 okay? Why not just turn to them and say, look, you're the racist. Your party is the party of racism. Your party is the party that's ideologically, you know, one way, okay? And that one way that the Democrat Party is ideological is every problem, the solution is to grow government bigger, which they have in common with socialism, communism, fascism, uh, fundamentalist Islam. You know, in Islam, the government controls everything. Education, military, religion, you, you name it. How to dress, okay? What hand to use when you go to the bathroom? What hand to use when you eat? What hand, how to brush your teeth? Everything, okay? Which foot to go first into a room? Everything. You know, how can your wife dress? Can she drive a car? Can she leave home without you? Every, everything. Is it okay to lie to a, to a, to a non-Muslim? Is, is, is that, is that, does that have the, um, the, the, the approval of, of the, of the uh, state religion? Takira, is, is it okay to lie, Okay. Everything, every single thing, okay, that, my friends, is ideological purity, okay? That is being ideologically unified, okay? You don't have that in the Republican Party. This Washington Post article, I mean, and look, I could have picked any of these articles and just picked it apart. I, I chose this one, and you, you can do the same. This is just, this is a travesty, okay? And so this is why for quite some times I've been sharing with you all that, you know, I am a news analyst. I'm giving you news analysis, okay? This is an article in the news. I'm analyzing it, and I'm showing you how to be your own analyst, and it's easy. This is not rocket science, okay? A 10th grader could figure this out if he just, you know, if he sat and focused, okay? <laughs> this is just... This is absolutely ridiculous. And they don't mention any of their policies that, that are supposedly more popular. And as a matter of fact, if you look at this, now if you want to find out which party has policies that are more popular, and I've been telling Republicans this, I can't count the number of years I've been trying to write this in crayon for these Republicans. I, I just don't know what it is. And, you know, it's just, it's absolutely ridiculous. If you just look at ballot initiatives, okay? If you take a Republican issue and you remove the name Republican from it and just the issue has to stand alone on its own, on its own merits, and the issue either gets the support of American citizens or the issue does not get support of, of American citizens, okay? That is the test, okay? Because people can lie, but once you go in that voting booth and you pull a lever, for example, in Virginia— you had the uh, property rights amendment to the Virginia Constitution passed 75 to 25. 
And so this is in a state that's pretty close split down the middle 50-50 Republican-Democrat. And so what that means, even though the Democrat Party, all their representatives, all their volunteers were at the polling places handing out sample ballots. And on the and I was out there. I was working the opposite side. And so and I, I deal with these people every election. I was there. OK, and at every polling place, they were handing these sample ballots out. Vote no on the property rights amendment. Well, the property rights amendment passed so overwhelmingly that what that means is all the Republicans voted yes and 50 percent of the Democrats voted yes. So 50 percent of the Democrats like a Republican policy, but they don't like Republicans. Ditto the marriage amendment. Now, the marriage amendment uh, did not pass uh, 75-25, but it did pass with 58%, okay? That is significant. And so what, is, what does this tell you, okay? So we have these idiots that say, for example, they say in the state of Virginia, they say Corey Stewart can't win. Tim Kaine is popular. Democrat policies are popular. Uh, Virginia has become a Democrat state where Virginia used to be a state that bounced back and forth uh, from Republican to Democrat. Typically, it would go in the opposite direction of who was uh, the occupant of the White House. Okay, so when when you had a Republican uh, president, typically the state of Virginia, and this had had been true for many, many years, uh, would go Democrat. And when a Democrat was in the White House, the state of Virginia would go Republican, okay? But for several election cycles, it's just been all Democrat, okay? But when you look at policy preference, okay? And again, this article in the Washington Post did not even touch on anything other than, you know, do you like Santa Claus or not, basically, all right? Now, who's going to say I don't like Santa Claus unless you're really thinking stage two, three, and four, like, who bought Santa Claus's toys? Okay, that's a real easy stage two question. <laughs> but amazingly, many people never stop to ask. You know, I, you know, do these people think Santa Claus has a, a factory that magically manufactures all this free stuff? Okay, but this is, this is the mainstream media pumping you full of lies, folks. OK, and this is all this is. And so you, 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 you look at the fact that the, the Republicans have been fighting one another for quite some time with the conservative uh, Christian conservative constitutional capitalistic coalition. That's my group. OK, what I call the um, people that believe in the seven C's of a successful society, Christian faith, conservative values, constitutional limits, capitalistic opportunity, choice in all things. You know, these Democrats lie about, about choice, okay? Only choice is to commit aborticide. There's no choice into where your child goes to school. There's no choice in choosing your doctor. There's no choice in, you know, really anything. If you let Democrats have their way, there would be no choice at all, period, okay? As a matter of fact, my daughter, who's coming up uh, at the bottom of the hour, has written a book, a sci-fi futuristic thriller uh, about how uh, in the future all children Choice is gone. Now, thank God she's writing sci-fi, not prophecy, <laughs> okay? <laughs> but, um, but it's the first uh, in a trilogy, and then I think in the third book that she's planning, 
Uh, the title of this one is One Nation. Her third book she's planning is One Nation Resurrected and Freedom Will Be Restored. So, But uh, you guys got to buy the first book, wait for the second, and then the third. And, you know, I think it's going to be great. But anyway, back to today. All right. Now, that's the desire, I think, of uh, Democrats because they are members like we are members of the uh, Coalition of Freedom, the, the Christian Conservative Constitutional Capitalistic Coalition. They're members of the Coalition of Evil, which is government controls everything like it does in Islam. OK, government controls everything in communism in, in, uh, in communism. They do it by force in socialism. They trick you into voting for it. OK, but still the government controls in everything. Have we forgotten little Charlie Gard over there in England? Okay, and, and then there was another little baby. There's two babies right in a row that the, uh, the government would not let the parents remove the child from England, bring the child to America. I forget the name of the second child, but not only was America willing to take this little precious baby, but uh, Italy was willing to take the baby, and uh, uh, some other, several other countries were willing to take the baby, pay for everything, and give the baby a chance to live. And the socialist government that these Democrats say, this is what we need. We need socialistic medicine in the United States of America. And when Sarah Palin called it a death panel, you know, everyone just went ape crazy and Republicans would not defend Sarah Palin. Okay, they allowed Democrats to savage her and half the Republicans. Again, we get back to this idea that Republicans are not ideologically unified because half the Republicans savaged Sarah Palin, half the Republicans supported Sarah Palin, okay? Just like you have with President Trump now. All this good news that President Trump is putting out here uh, remains from soldiers are coming home from the Korean War. The economy is at 4.1% growth, okay? Um, Israel, the uh, capital is Jerusalem, and, you know, the world that doesn't like it, they can go pound sand, okay? Trump didn't bow to pressure. Trump did the right thing. And we can go on and on and on. The Supreme Court, two good picks, okay? It's just... It's 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 just asinine how these people get away with writing these things and there's no pushback. Okay, and so where are the Republicans, you know, that are pushing back on this stuff? Okay, it's like they don't even exist. Anyway, we I'm a little long on this segment. We're going to take a really really quick break here, and um and we and when we come, well actually let's go ahead. Let's bring Corey Stewart on right now. Corey, my man, hey. thank you, thank you, brother. How are you? Not too bad. Sorry, I couldn't be on. You know, I'm, I'm traveling across Virginia today, and of course, you know, the reception is in and out. So. Oh, that's fine, Corey. We always make room for you, man. Uh, you know, you're an onion toter. Trump is an onion toter. We haven't had a president like Trump since Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan was an onion toter. And you know, you got all these guys toting a set of blueberries, yapping at you like a little chihuahua, nap, yapping at the heels of a real man. And uh, so... You know, share with the audience a little bit. I, we interviewed you yesterday, Corey, and I found out something new about you. 
And I thought I knew you, man. I've been interviewing you for I don't know how many years now. And, uh, and it's always a pleasure and a delight. And, uh, and it's good when you learn new things. But I learned yesterday that you're from a traditional Democrat family, a family, and, and not the kind of Democrats that are like uber rich like Mark Warner that stole, you know, got a free government hookup and got to be a hundred millionaire, uh, you know, on the backs of the American citizens. But the kind of Democrat... And, you know, not the kind at the bottom on welfare, but the hardworking Democrat. I think you said they were longshoremen. Yeah, that's right. My dad was a dock worker. And, oh, okay. Uh, he was a member. And he was a, he was a union man. And, in fact, you know, my grandfather was and so my great-grandfather. They were all longshoremen. Wow. So uh, these was- are men's men. You, is this why? <laughs> see, this is why you're an onion toter, Corey. <laughs> they, they, these well, were, these were men. Them. Are they still with us? They still alive? No, no, unfortunately not. My dad passed away 20 years ago or 15 years ago. But I'm but, so sorry. Uh, look, you know, well, the thing is, I mean, he taught me, you know, to be strong, and he taught me to always respect the working man. You know, I was the first in my family to go to college, and uh, you know, it was something he never put up with, and then nothing that I, something that I never put up with, and I don't, you know, you, we can't allow the elites in Washington uh, to thumb their noses at the working man, to work at the working people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what's happened here is that the Democratic Party, which once upon a time claimed to be the party standing up for the little guy, claimed to be the yes. party that, that stood up for the working man, they don't do that anymore. They mm-hmm. haven't done it in several years. They turned their back on working-class Americans, yes. on international trade issues where they've allowed, you know, uh, these unfair trade agreements that have gutted American manufacturing, gutted American jobs. Uh, they allow, you know, millions of illegal aliens coming into this country, coming in, crowding our schools, taking our jobs, suppressing wages, forcing working class uh, people to take wages that are lower than they should be. Mm-hmm. And, they, and the Democrats, of course, they ridicule our values. Yes, and, and yes, our Christian faith. They want to destroy it. That's right. They, they want to destroy it. They want to destroy everything that's good and wholesome and traditional in this country. Yeah. And finally... Working-class people of all races, of all ethnicities, have woken up and realized the Democratic Party slapped the door in their face. Yes. They shut the door in their face. They've turned their backs on them. Yeah, yeah. What would your grandfather think of uh, the uh, Democrat school teachers and the Democrat um, socialists and all these psychologists and sociologists taking little children and, uh, you know, they teach them this stuff about Sally has two mommies and, and Bobby has two daddies and they get them confused and then they put them on beta blockers that don't allow them to develop puberty and they have them have surgery and not tell the parent. What would your grandfather think of that? Well, they, they would have been disgusted. And, you know, look, I mean, if you you know, it's very easy to look back back the 1950s and 60s and say, you know, that was a, a glorious time and everything, because people did do wrong things back then too. Where but humans always have, Corey, and, and they always that, will. Yeah, but the difference is today, the ultra left in this country, the liberals, are trying to normalize that bad behavior. Yes, they're trying to say it's okay, and it's not. We know that our values. Our values, uh, our Judeo-Christian values, they come from the Bible. Man cannot redefine them. Yes. Those are our values. They're in that Bible. We can, we can try to justify everything we want to do to try to 
you know, make something that's abnormal normal, but you can't do it. Right. And uh, and, and, and our, our ancestors, you know, our grandparents, if they were alive today, they'd be telling us this country is, needs to correct its course and it cannot normalize this kind of activity because it ultimately is going to end in a lot of misery for a lot of people. Yeah, you're so right, Corey, and it's already happening in all these enclaves where there's no Republican uh, counterbalance to the Democrats, and the Democrats have been running these cities forever and a day. If Baltimore uh, hadn't had a Republican mayor for 100 years, Detroit, the last time Detroit had a Republican mayor, Corey, was 1960. You and I weren't even born, and at, in 1960, Detroit was, was not just the richest city in the United States. It was the richest city on the planet. Detroit, yeah. Michigan, okay? And so from then to now, they've not had another Republican in charge. And they're a bankrupt city, and they're actually bulldozing parts of Detroit and planting vegetable gardens. You know something, though, is that you know, with this trade, uh, with this president uh, who has put his foot down and is demanding better trade agreements with China and Europe, that now, and, and, and with this tax cut, economic growth is returning to this country, record economic growth, the type of growth, an increase in real wages, the return of manufacturing, and it's coming back to places, even in Detroit, we are seeing economic growth, the likes of which we haven't seen in decades, wow. because we finally have a strong president of the United States yeah. bringing back business. We expect $4 trillion in money to be repatriated repatriated into the United States, coming back into the United States, bringing back jobs, bringing back factories, bringing back good, high-paying manufacturing jobs. It's coming back. Wow. The good times have just begun. Yeah. Now, with your opponent in the United States Senate race, uh, current incumbent uh, Tim Kaine, uh, does he still think that these things are crumbs, all these uh, bonuses that people have gotten, the tax money? we got one minute to break. Yeah, that's exactly right. We know exactly because the last Saturday when I debated him, he, he said, well, he, he admitted he voted against President Trump's, all of President Trump's pro-economic growth policies. He voted against the tax cut. He wants to undo it. We know what the Democrats would do if they, if they get reelected or if they mm -hmm. take control. They're going to stop all of this economic progress that we're seeing right yeah. now. Yeah, so, hey, you guys, vote for Corey Stewart, volunteer for Corey Stewart, and, Corey, tell them where they can send a check because Corey needs money. And you, you guys, yeah. you've got to open your pocketbook up. Go to CoreyStewart.com uh, and make a contribution online, or you can send a check at P.O. Box 7090, Woodbridge, Virginia, uh, 22195. Five. Okay. Thank you so much, brother. Much success to you. All right. We're going to take a break here, folks. If tomorrow all the things were gone, I'd work for all my life. And I had to start again with just my children and my wife. I thank my lucky stars to be living here today. Cause the flag still stands for freedom And they can't take that away 
Welcome back to the program, America. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, coming back at you live here on America's Big Dog radio program, The Really Real Deal. And uh, hey, folks, I've been teasing you all day, all morning, rather. And uh, and so now we have my very lovely, smart, and talented daughter. I get to play Big Proud Papa again, uh, Fatima Evans, uh, with her very first book. And uh, what I found out yesterday, we interviewed Fatima yesterday as I was guest hosting uh, for the Lee Brothers, uh, that this is the first in a trilogy. The title of the book is One Nation. I'm holding it up for the uh, viewers on uh, Facebook uh, to be able to see the uh, the cover of the book here. And, uh, and of course, we'll uh, post this interview on our website uh, with the book there, and you'll be able to go uh, to the website, click on it, and order the book. But um, Fatima, thank you so much. You know, I almost call you sweetheart again. <laughs> anyway, I'm just, uh, Papa is just so proud. And, um, you know, your sweet little uh, Kimberly is, uh, she's uh, she's at our house listening with uh, with her precious Queenie. And uh, and I'm sure little, little, little itty bitty Kimberly is just smiling and, uh, as she listens. But uh, anyway... <laughs> Uh, you just you've you've been such a delightful uh, daughter. Uh, just you make me proud in so many ways. Uh, you got grades that I couldn't even you know your dad couldn't even dream of getting the type of grades that you got. I mean, it's just uh, you know, folks. This 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 daughter of mine is just off the hook, uh, brilliant. And and this book, uh, you know, when I think I didn't do it justice in our interview yesterday, Fatima, because. Uh, I have not on, I've not finished reading it yet. And the, the book is a lot deeper than what we really talked about yesterday. Okay. I've been calling it a sci-fi thriller, but I mean, you have aspects of science fiction. You had, there's a spiritual aspect to a character that can heal with the touch of her hand. There's a romance. Uh, there's a political thriller aspect to it with this one world government and the fight to restore freedom. I mean, you know, where'd you get all that? Honestly, um, like I said, yesterday it just kind of started out as a um, a dream that I had after watching The Matrix with my husband. Um, and so that's kind of where the spiritual aspect came from. And then, of course, the romance aspect, you know, I love romance novels. So <laughs> okay, so you ladies out there, you you know, hey, a, a romance now that guys, you need to buy the book too, okay? But uh, <laughs> oh and, yeah, there's plenty of action in it as well, especially um, with the second book coming up. There'll be a lot more action in that one than there is in the current one. Oh okay, okay. Sounds like a little something for everyone. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was going for. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Wow, so I guess, you know, I really need to go ahead and finish this book and start working on the screenplay version for you. <laughs> Take this thing <laughs> yeah, to the big screen. Yeah, yeah. And another thing, too, you were sharing with the audience yesterday, um, you know, a, a remembrance. And it's not that I had forgotten it. You know, I didn't forget that I used to read to you and your brother when you were little, but, you know, I didn't. And it's, it's, it's strange. You, as a parent, you just, you know, you're enjoying your children and you're doing, you know, things that, you know, you enjoy and you think they will enjoy. But I, I had no idea 
that, um, you know, that little story that I invented, The Adventures of Miriam and Mandela. And uh, now Miriam and Mandela, those are my children's middle names. Fatima's middle name is Miriam, and and her, her brother Khaled's middle name is Mandela. And so I, I used to do this little story for them, The Adventures of Miriam and Mandela. And I didn't realize that how did you say I did that? I mean, you you seem to remember it better than I do. And and so you were bringing things back to my memory. Share that again. Oh, yes. Well, when we were younger, before going to bed, we'd always ask for a story. And typically, I remember we would expect maybe a different story or like, the, you know, the the regular ones, like the Three Little Bears or something like that. But Dad went all out each night and he would do the story. And then the next night, he would continue with the same story. And so essentially, it was like a series, like a verbal series. Um, <laughs> and it just kept going and went on and on. And then, you know, it's like, all right, where did we stop last time? All right. Yeah. So they're fighting the bad guys. Okay. So continue. <laughs> <laughs> and so, I've forgotten that. You know, and I didn't forget yeah. that we used to do that, but I've forgotten the type of detail. And obviously, you remembered it. And so, uh, so, hey, out there, folks, you know, read to your children. Tell them stories. You just never know. You know, your your son or your daughter might grow up to be a famous author. Yeah, and uh, and this is uh, – and now here you are wanting to write a series, a trilogy, and I just think that's fantastic. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So now uh, share, you know, what wh- which character – does the book really center around and, and, you know, maybe share with the audience a little bit, uh, whet their appetite a little bit to make them go to the website and buy this book. Okay. So the main character, her name is Nimra, uh, which means, you know, purity. And so she has this ability to heal with her hands and she doesn't know it until she comes across a few people and, and she heals one person. His name is Anesta. And, um, she heals a cut on his hand and, you know, it's bandaged. And then the next day it's completely gone. There's like a faint scar. Um, there's a little girl, her name is Faith. She heals Faith with um, a fever and unknowingly sets into motion certain actions involving the government because Faith and her mother are part of a government experiment. Um, so her healing actually thwarted the government by disconnecting the implant device. <laughs> they don't wow. really know that's in there. You got some serious <laughs> stuff in there. Yeah, and I, I now I have read that part of uh how she healed faith. And um, you know, and this, and folks, this is I mean, this 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 book has it it is it's 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 mind boggling. And I'm just I'm so impressed, uh, Fatima. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank yeah, you. Yeah. Yeah, it's really cool. Um I don't want to get in too many uh too much detail in it because what I'm gonna do is on the Facebook page each week or maybe every other week, um, I wanna have a discussion about the book. Mm-hmm. Um, so I will give you some details, like each character, each main character, their name means something. Oh, okay. Oh, and so okay. I'm going to have like trivia challenges, things like that, prizes. Right now we have a, a raffle going for everyone who purchased the book. And then on the Facebook page, they post a picture of their proof of purchase. Oh, okay. So it can either be a screenshot of, uh, of a page after Chapter 10, because I know there are free samples out there. Mm-hmm. Um, or it can be a picture of them with the book. Oh. Um, they'll be entered into a drawing for the raffle. It's a twenty dollars Chili's slash Maggiano's gift card. Oh, okay. um, so yeah, well, I want creative do marketing. Like I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> um, I want to do something like that 
every either every week, um, getting some discussions going, and then maybe do like a, a monthly raffle for the mm-hmm. remainder of this year. Oh, okay. Um, now, how do yeah, folks so get to your? Now, this is on your Facebook page, so you know, tell folks how to get to your Facebook page or any other website information you have or contact or where they can get the book. Uh, the Facebook page is One Nation colon First Edition, and the website is One Nation Books within the Books with an S dot com. All right, say that again. One Nation the, the Books T H E the Books. Yes. Now is it One Nation slash the Books or just all one word? All one word. One Nation the Books. Okay. Okay. Dot com. Yeah, One Nation the Books. Dot com. Okay. And it's um, now how you're the you're a mother of five. And this is another reason, folks, why I'm I'm so in, impressed with there's a, a working a working woman, a mother of five, and has time to write a book. And this is not a little thin book, okay? This is <laughs> no, it's huge. Yeah, I mean, how many, what is it? Um three hundred and almost four hundred pages? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so um, what is this? Three three hundred and sixty five pages, okay? So you could read it in a year. I'm just joking. <laughs> it wouldn't take a year. <laughs> it would take me a day and a half. Yeah, yeah. Um, this girl devoured books her her whole life, and um, yeah. I read about maybe one to two books every single day. Oh, and that's during the week on the weekends. Well, when we didn't have the children, we had um, two weeks son's children for the first time in eight years mm-hmm. and um i read three books each day on the weekend oh uh, wow during the weekday i'll read one to you every wow day. so when you get a break from the children you really devour books uh like you like you did years ago yes yeah <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm trying to wean i have to wean myself because when i'm done with one story i'll immediately want to start another one but mm-hmm. since i'm currently writing one I have to make sure I pace myself <laughs> mm-hmm. just oh, okay. to have enough time to do everything that I need to do. Yeah. So now when do we expect the second installment? Um, I'm not rushing you now because I know you're a busy woman with five children, a household to run, a job to do. Uh, and I'm, I'm just simply amazed uh, at how you're able to do all this. Mm, honestly, I would just have to say the grace of God, really. I can't go off of my own energy. I'm uh fairly low energy by nature but you know through god all things are possible amen to that sweetheart yes 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 i mean wow anyway (laughs) now and it's you know it's not that bad considering remember olivia was born um our senior year in college Mm -hmm. so you know honestly after that i feel like i could take on the world she was a, a two-hour feeder, so all through the, her her nursing months, she would wake up literally every two hours to the oh, clinic, every wow. two hours. <laughs> and and Ethan would bring her to to me on campus in between classes mm-hmm. because you know of her her nursing schedule. So every two hours, and then uh, Jaden was also an every two-hour feeder as oh. well as Kimberly. Oh. So for years, I've been, wow. <laughs> I've been waking up every two hours. As a matter of fact, the um, this past year is the first year that I was able to sleep at least four hours without automatically waking up. 
<laughs> wow. Yeah, I, that was going to be my next question. Do you still wake up every two hours? But you answered it already. <laughs> yep, yeah, I finally got my, my first year. I can sleep at least four to five hours without having to wake up. Wow. It is just simply amazing the things a dad will learn when he does a radio interview with his daughter. <laughs> okay so uh well anyway well we won't rush you with the second installment uh we'll just uh i i have to finish the first installment i'm enjoying it immensely and uh, i'm shooting for a year for the second one to answer your question oh okay. i'm shooting for a year so maybe the end of the end of july next year okay okay cool cool all right now um for folks locally uh, in the Central Virginia area, uh, tell folks what bookstores they may be able to go and and get a copy of your book, One Nation. And are you planning any events where they could come to the event and get a signed copy in person? Okay, so the thing with self-publishing, as you know, I'm published through through Lulu, so I'm an indie author. So I have to get, it's, it's kind of like a, kind of like book insurance. It's not what it's actually called, but I have to make my book returnable before bookstores will be willing to take a chance to put it in their bookstore, mm-hmm. in, in, in their um, actual location. Um, Fountain Bookstores is a local book where the ebook is available. And so if you want to support locally, um, you can... Instead of uh, Amazon or iBooks, you can actually purchase it. If you have uh, Kobo, the Kobo app, you can get it through uh, FountainBookstores.com. FountainBookstores.com. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Um, And then if you don't have the Kobo app, then... What's this app, Kobo? Yes, it's it's one of... Sometimes it's some kind of app. Okay. Um, Is that C-O-B-O? Kobo, C-O-B-O, like it sounds? K-O. K-O-B-O, okay, Kobo, okay, all right. The Kobo app, see, now, your old dad, this is is new to me, okay. You know, it's new to me as well. Oh, really? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Ethan is the the techie, so he said that they can also order it through the, they can, he said they can request it if they go into Fountain Bookstore. They can request it oh, okay. um, to get a copy, but they aren't on the shelves as of yet. I'm still working to get my book um, with a returnable status. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. All um, right. But if you want to sign copy, you can always contact me through my Facebook page, Fatima Evans or um, One Nation First Edition, and I will meet with you to can deliver a signed copy. Oh, okay. That's great news for the folks locally here in the Central Virginia area. Wow. Now, where do you get that kind of service? Uh, any any last words? Um, not actually, you know, I just want to put it out there that a second edition is going to be, become available by the end of this week because I want to add my website since my husband created a website for me. I want to add that to the cover. Oh, okay. And then just going through it, I went to um, a few author meetings, just, you know, learning about other authors. And one person, his name is Jay Cannon, he's a self-published author, very successful. And he said, you know, I edited my book 
on the computer like 10 times and I had four other people read it. He said, but once it was in print, I noticed so many typos. He said, there's something about having it in print. And so I went through the the book in print and I didn't notice a couple typos. And I want to make sure that it's completely high quality. So there will be a second edition coming out this week to get rid of those errors. Oh, okay. All right. Well, that's good. My daughter, my daughter, the perfectionist, and uh, so that's that's good. Get rid of the typos, okay? Yeah. Well, all right. And again, folks, the book is One Nation, and uh, you 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 are really uh, you, you got to get this book. We're gonna have it up with this interview on our website as well, thereallyrealdeal.com. We'll have it up in a couple of days. Thank you so much right. for sharing. Yeah. And um, just looking so much forward to well everything with you. You 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 know this. Uh, how often do I? You know, typically I have ways that I say these things, but with authors because I interview authors all the time. But you know, now I guess I have to get used to a new dynamic here interviewing my daughter. But uh, anyway, Fatima Evans is the author. One Nation is the book. You got to get it. Thank you so much, sweetheart. Thanks, Ed. All right. Bye bye. Bye-bye. All right, folks. Uh, We're going to take our final break of the day. And when we come back, we'll wrap it up. And you know, I I don't think I've given the phone number out all day. And we're going to have about seven minutes left in in the program. Uh, So if someone would like to call up, the number is 804-454-1366. Hello, Virginia. Brother Craig here with a little message about giving out of the abundance that God has blessed you with. If this great nation is going to be saved, then we in the Christian Conservative Constitutional Coalition have to be in the vanguard. There are so many brave and God-fearing groups and individuals engaged in the battle of this rendezvous with destiny. There are social welfare groups like the Salvation Army at SalvationArmyUSA.org. Military groups like Special Operations Wounded Warriors at SOWWCharity.com. Christian groups like the Virginia Christian Alliance at VAChristian.org and SaltAndLightCouncil.org. And there's also churches and others, many, many very worthy groups out here doing the Lord's work. So we support not only our own group, thefirstamendmentinc.com, which keeps us on the air, but the main thing for you, the listener, is to give. Give somewhere, give generously, and give often. And give in the measure that God has given to you. Thank you, Virginia, and God bless you. Feeling my way through the darkness They tell me I'm too young to understand They say I'm caught up in a dream Well, life will pass me by if I don't open up my eyes So that's fine by me So wake me up when Welcome back to the program, America. Your friendly, friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, coming back at you live, wrapping up today's program. Uh, Maybe time to get one quick phone call in. 804-454-1366 is the number. 804-454-1366. 
six. And uh, hey, we have really, really had a great, great uh, program today. Some really great guests, and um, and of course, uh, my new favorite author, uh, my daughter Fatima Evans. I really, really hope that uh, my uh, fans, uh, certainly the members of Hatchet Nation out there. Uh, will purchase this book, One Nation, and um, I am really, really excited. And uh, we're going to say hi to Richard, who's on the line with us. Richard, what's on your mind? How you doing, Brother Craig? I am better than I deserve, brother, but I'll take it every day. Yeah, I'll take you every day, too, man. Oh, hey, I, so kind. Your show yesterday, filling for the, uh, the Lee Brothers. You do a fantastic job. Oh, thank you. Uh, yeah, Thank no, no you. problem at all. Yeah, I'm I, a. Uh, go ahead. No, you go ahead. No, I'm, I'm a military vet. I'm a black conservative. I'm so happy to hear so many. Uh, I hate to say it, but people of color coming out to to see the real deal, like you say, the really real deal. Yes, that's yes. going that's going on in America instead of what they've been. Put in front of them. Yeah, that's and, the biggest uh, nightmare that the Democrat Party has is that the uh, slaves will escape from the plantation. That's that's their fear. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, my dad was a uh, Vietnam vet. He was a uh, colonel in the army, and you know, there, there's a whole different uh, vibe with people in the military. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no racism. There's brotherhood. Right, right. And, you know, you find that in most places in life, people, you know, in their churches, in the in the military, in their businesses, people are, don't even really pay this stuff any attention anymore. It's just that the Democrats have nothing to offer of good, so they just they spew hatred. And it's, it's well, they want to divide us. Yeah. Yeah. Leaders unite, conquerors divide. And, and they don't want to govern this nation. They want to rule this nation. And there is a very distinct difference between governing and ruling. Without a doubt. There's, a, there's no question about that. And, you know, I'm so glad I found you. I knew you were on uh, another station. Oh, yeah. And, I started uh, out at WCLM 10 years ago. Then I was on WLEE for several years. Yep. And I, I did the I did the evening. And, yeah, the evening drive home Monday through Friday. I was at WLEE. I would catch you every time. I couldn't wait to hear it. And you know what? I'll make a point. I used to love the things you did with every day of the week. You had your different. Oh, different. yeah. We had Manhood Monday, Tea Party Tuesday, the Wednesday War on the Phony War on Women, Theology Thursday, and Freedom Friday. Yes, exactly. I used to love that. <laughs> that was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. So, you did, you're doing a great job, man. I love you. Thank and, you, thank uh, you. I appreciate it so much, more than you know. I, I really appreciate it. And now, have you been to our website, thereallyrealdeal.com? Really Real Deal? No, I've got to. Yeah, go to the website. Now, all the articles that I write, you know, a lot of articles that have been in, uh, fortunate and blessed to be uh, included in the, in the local Richmond paper, the Richmond Times-Dispatch, uh, articles that have appeared in other places, our television shows that I've done, they've probably done like maybe 50 or 60 television programs. I don't think all of the television programs are on the website, but quite a few of them are. And, uh, and of course, all of our interviews... Um, most of our radio programs, we, I've done so many, we can't include them all. I think some of them, I don't even have them anymore, some of the earlier ones. Yeah. Well, I'll make one last thing before I get off. You know, today, for the first time, I've lived here for quite a while. Mm-hmm. I went down Monument Avenue, dropping my son off to go to work. 
and I went by all the statues. Mm-hmm. I've never I've been living here quite a while. Not one of them offended me at all. God bless you for saying that. Yeah, yeah. God bless you for saying that. I wasn't that. offended by anything I saw. Yeah, I yeah. thought they were they were beautiful. They're part of our history. They are. You know, come on. Yeah, I went to Robert E. Lee High School. Uh, elementary school. Yeah, and Robert E. Lee was not a slave owner, and I wish I could ch- nice. Look, call me back next week, and we can chat a little longer. I've got another call. I want to give him just a, a no minute here all, before man. the show is over. I really appreciate no you. Thank you. All right. God bless you, brother. You're doing a great job, man. Love you. Thank Bye. you. All right. Well, all right, and uh, hello. We got uh, one minute. What's on your mind? Real quick, what is your daughter's book about? I hadn't been listening except the last 10 minutes. What is her book basically about? It's a sci-fi futuristic thriller where the one world government has finally taken oh. over, and so oh. they have to fight to take it back. And it's, uh, yeah, yeah. so. Well, I'm, uh, well I, I wish you all luck in the world with that book. <laughs> okay, Hatchet Man, Big all Mike signing off. All right, Big weekend. Mike. All right, Bye-bye. thank you. Well, all right, America, that's it for today, and uh, we're going to see you all right here uh, next week. Same hatchet time, same hatchet station.